Блядь, нормально еще? Да, да. Это сбили, да? Нет. Давайте Система. Я просто прыгаю. Давай, брат, ты говори, что надо поможешь. Welcome to Ukraine Sit Rep. It's October 23rd. Uh, this is our third edition of the show, which is becoming quite popular. Uh, before we bring on our guests and talk about the video you just watched, I want to please ask everyone to sign up for our no ad subscription on all our websites. You get all the U.S. newspapers, armedforces.press. Sarism.com, our Eastern European site, which is out in front for the last decade on news from Eastern Europe and the Middle East. And you get all of this with no advertisements. So I know a lot of people don't like pop-up ads, don't like ads, but you know what? We have to make money. We have to survive. So if you don't want to see those ads, pay us a few bucks a month, sign up for our no ad subscription. It's in the top right corner of all the websites. And uh, you can get all of our news for free across all the sites. Uh, before we bring on our guest, uh, we've got Brent Beecham today, who's a classmate of mine at the Air Force Academy, F-15 pilot. We'll talk about that in a second. But I, I want to go through a little news in Ukraine. I spoke with a source in Kiev today, um, a person I've known for a long time and was with me uh, in Ukraine when I uh, was there during the invasion and got me out across the Moldovan border. Uh, he's telling me about 40% of the power in the country is out right now. The uh, Russian armed forces attacked a lot of the power stations around the country, they expect that to continue. Um, they have air defenses now with against a lot of the cruise missiles, which are very expensive for the Russians, but they brought in uh, Shaheen uh, Iranian drones, uh, which are now powered by the Russian GLONASS, uh, basically their GPS system. And although they're shooting down about 80% of those, they're sending them in in swarms about five at a time, going after different targets uh, like the power plants. And he expects this to continue and expects the Russian military to target more of the power infrastructure. Uh, this seems to be a strategy of the Kremlin in order to drive the population out of the cities, because you look at it, if you're in Kiev right now and you have no power, water, uh, or any other infrastructure, uh, transportation, et cetera, how are you going to survive the winter in a you know Soviet-built high-rise? So we, he expects a lot of the population to move west when this happens. It could be the strategy of the Russians to empty the cities and then target uh, the infrastructure more effectively. Uh, he is saying that the government is being very slow in providing generators, tents, and other things for people who are without power. And a lot of the billions that Biden is sending to Ukraine are not you know, being seen in the Ukrainian budget. They're being spent by a lot of the uh, Western NGOs on the ground. So again, we've talked about this in the past where it's a black hole where, you know, 50% is skimmed off the top, which is one study shown. So this seems to be a, a huge grift operation with all this aid. And now Biden wants to send another 50 billion before they lose control of Congress. So it's going to be a harsh winter for the Ukrainians. Um, there is talk of some type of, uh, you know, rumors of a dirty bomb being set off, uh, you know, on either side. And, David Petraeus, the former general of the U.S., said that the U.S. may enter the war in a U.S.-led coalition because obviously there is no attack against a NATO country, so Article 5 doesn't come into play. So this is extremely concerning. So we don't want our sons and daughters to go fight uh, on the Russian border for an intra-Slav conflict. 
Um, Ukraine is not an existential threat or national security threat to the United States. China is, and we're sending all our weapons. We had a report out today or yesterday that a million rounds, artillery rounds, have already been sent to Ukraine of all, out of the American stores. A lot of our, um, you know, sophisticated weapon systems and just general ammunition and artillery shells are being depleted. And who knows if they're being restored. So this could be some type of way to weaken further the U.S. military on top of the gender ideology, the CRT, all of this crap. Um, and so we have to be very vigilant and we have to remove this regime, at least weaken it on November 8th through peaceful elections. Uh, my source in Ukraine called it a media dictatorship. There is no opposing opinion in Ukraine. Zelensky is the dictator. And uh, it's across all the media, similar to what we have in the U.S. And they don't really have an independent media like CDM or any of the others in the U.S. It is actually getting the message out. Uh, he expects riots. You know, once uh, all of these power situations do shut down, and uh, he's also talking about the Russians may try to uh, destroy one of the dams uh, and a power plant nearby, which could further weaken power across most of Ukraine and possibly even flood the Kharkiv region, which is where... Um, the big offensive uh, by the Ukrainian forces was taking place um, to various degrees of success, depending on who you talk to. So the the let me bring in B Brent Beecham. Brent is a uh, no, thanks for coming on, Brent. Late, late notice, I appreciate it. Um, um, so Brent is a classmate of mine for the Air Force Academy. Flew F-15s in the first Gulf War. Uh, knows the fighter pilot business. What we saw in the intro was a Russian SU that was. Uh, lost an engine, um, and then the pilot ejected right before he crashed into an apartment building, which by some reports killed up to 15 people. And the uh, armament you saw going off or heard going off was his, uh, I guess, what, 20 millimeter in the aircraft that was popping off after he crashed. So I wanted to talk to you. This is a, you know, if, if people have seen The Great Santini, um, it's a movie about, uh, you know, uh, a fighter pilot. Uh, at the end of the movie, he is flying an F-4, loses an engine, and decides to fly it out over the ocean and crash instead of into, um, you know, South Carolina. Um, talk about that, fighter pilot. One, do you think he had any type of, uh, you know, ability to steer that aircraft at that point? And and it seems like he ejected right before he crashed. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, it was a, uh, and I did some reading on it. It was a two-seat um, SU-34, so it was the equivalent of, of uh, F-15E as they took an SU-27 and put two seats in it and did what we did. Mm -hmm. So apparently there were two pilots or a pilot and a Wizzo or NAV or somebody in the back. And then it did say they both ejected. Mm. Um, yeah. I, you know, it sounded like it was on takeoff and, and interestingly enough, this airport that they, the base they took off from apparently was really close just across the black sea from Mariupol. Really, so the, their their uh, supposition that it was just a training flight, and then it had all this probably twenty millimeter, you know, cannon rounds going off. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed like that was um, suspicious, to, yeah. to say the least. Um, yeah. You know, and and I, I, it's hard to say. I, I don't know how far off the end of the runway that apartment building is, and mm -hmm. at what altitude that they lost their engines that that they decided to eject, but. But certainly, um, you know, it's it's probably uh, very low altitude, given that that I mean, those shoots you saw came out really low, and that guy hit hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. he 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 didn't look like he was doing very well when when they came up on him. He was kind of moaning and groaning. So, 
I suspect they probably tried to fly it uh, as far as they could fly it. And then at the last minute said, we got to get out. They, they may or may not have seen that apartment building. Yeah. Um, but that that's a tough decision. I mean, I, I don't think they could have, maybe they could have turned left to right, but maybe left to right was going to be worse than, than the apartment building they did hit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, um, pretty, pretty tough situation to be in. Well, I guess the uh, airfield was very close to the town, which that's a, you know, strategic mistake. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was an interesting situation. I just wanted to get your opinion on how a fight, do, do fighter pilots think about that? I mean, I was a hell rotor head, so, I mean, I didn't have, I, if I was going to, I didn't have the ability to, to eject, but tell us, about, do you think about that as a pilot? I mean, do they train you? Do they talk to you about that? No, I, I don't think anybody's ever been trained to that, but I've, I've seen, at least in the time I was in the service, a number of instances where things like that happen. And, you know, they, they made uh, last ditch attempts to steer away. Uh, I don't know that anybody ever wrote it in like the great Santini did. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and nor do I think that, you know, especially with these, uh, the ejection seats we have now, um, you, you, you can make that last minute decision if you're not like in a really, really high rated descent. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think everybody, um, who's flying an airplane is thinking, well, I gotta, I gotta, you know, dodge whatever it is you can dodge before they eject. Yeah. And, you know, the ejection itself too can you know, change the, the course of the airplane and, and maybe they were staring away from it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what you would do in that situation. I, I mean, at really, really low altitude at takeoff and you lose engines. I mean, I, I think you're pulling the handles. And I, one time in my whole career, did I reach down to pull the handles and the air, airplane recovered in time and, I mean, for half a second, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going in the water. Yeah. Um, and it was an instantaneous decision. It was something that happened really quick. And it was like, you know, if I don't do that, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be in the water real soon. Thank you. So you had a really interesting column on armedforces.press this week on um, your thoughts about nuclear war in Ukraine. It looks like the Biden administration is pushing this. You have Petraeus, which is obviously a cabal talking head at this point out pushing this narrative that the U.S. may have to lead a U.S.-led force, not a NATO force, because there is no attack on a NATO country and right. Ukraine is not part of NATO and they're not an ally. So tell us about that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, to piggyback, I think, on an article that you published earlier today, the 101st Airborne mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, in Romania just across. And and I listened to the, the interviews from CBS um, TV that said it was the commanding general said we're here on a combat mission mm -hmm. and I thought wow you know we're we're intentionally poking the bear literally and you know they they say and if you think that he's a cornered um, madman then the last thing you want to do is pushing further into a corner and it seems like we just keep doing things that that are um, ultimately going to end in him potentially, you know, with uh, some sort of nuclear strike. And, and those things we learn, I think, do not, uh, they spin out of control real fast. And like Petraeus said, well, we'll just destroy his fleet and we'll destroy his army in the field. Well, if you've, if you've already pushed a guy into the corner 
um, enough to, to, you know, shoot a, t- a tactical nuclear weapon and then you destroy his army in the field, do you not think that the next response not going to be uh, yeah. strike either on Europe or on the U.S.? And yeah. I, it's, it's a, you know, we think back and you look at all the, the old uh, movies and I, and I think we had in our military history uh, classes talking about the decision-making during the Cuban Missile Crisis mm-hmm. and how all this group think took place and it really led us to the brink of nuclear war with the Soviets. And here we are repeating sort of the same sorts of scenarios that you have everybody telling Biden, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, we're, we'll, we'll beat them in the field. And, and I just think that uh, it's, it's really, uh, they've, they've deceived themselves into thinking they can win something. And, you know, what I understand is the enemy always gets to shoot back. You know, so uh, Putin has said over and over, don't forget we have nuclear weapons. And he has more nuclear weapons than anyone in the world. So either this is an engineered crisis um, or it just seems like they really want to get U.S. forces involved in Ukraine. And I just it's not our fight. For our audience, I've written consistently about this. You know, China is the enemy. Um, You know, Russia is an adversary that could can't even threaten NATO, really. I mean, they can't even take Donbass. So how can they? How can they be a threat to NATO, right? So yeah, they yeah they you know um, if we if we overestimated during the Cold War the Soviet army and its strength, um, we certainly have in in this army the Russian Federation army is a shadow of the Soviet army, and so they've not performed very well. But, you know, they just hired basically a uh, new commander, uh, General Armageddon from uh, the wars in Syria. Mm-hmm. There's a man who dropped, um, you know, chemical weapons and destroyed Aleppo uh, without any regard for human life, no civilian life. And he's the new guy in charge. And what's his first act? Let's launch missiles. Let's launch uh, suicide drones. Let's take out their power grid. Let's make it. You know, they're going after the civilian population. And yeah. So supposedly 80 to 100 drones a day, uh, which are the Shaheen uh, Iranian uh, projectiles, which are guided, uh, which make them dangerous and hard to shoot down. Although they do have a lot of the, uh, you know, 20 millimeter, 30 millimeter, uh, I forget what you call them, but they're the anti-aircraft Soviet artillery which is they're still producing over there and they're being effective up the 80% are being shot down, but this is really becoming a drone war and something the United States really needs to pay attention to and learn from um, in this conflict, which obviously we have people on the ground. there, just not in a uniform uh, at this point. So hopefully they're learning a lot of these tactics. Yeah. The, the Iran, and trust me, uh, Israel's taking note of what the Iranians are doing. Um, because these are all Iranian weapons that they've deployed and the Iranians have been trying to forward deploy in Syria and Lebanon for years now. And I just saw a report this morning that Israel very quietly over the last couple of years have destroyed something like 90% of the infrastructure the Iranians had um, placed in Syria. And, but again, it, it just shows you that the, you don't have to be very high tech anymore to, to create havoc. Can you imagine that kind of, you know, strike from a terrorist force in, in Mexico or, 
you know, some other place. I mean, they, we're guiding, we're guiding um, drones or UAVs from global distances. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, we're flying them out of, you know, Nevada for long range missions. I mean, I don't think that that's out of the capability of the Iranians or the Russians or whomever, um, you know, or the North Koreans. So, I mean, it's, like you said, it's a, it's a new, new scale of war and, you know, who's going to pay attention to a drone coming over New York city until it, you know, lands in the wrong place with a, with a warhead. Well, Brent, thank you for your time. Appreciate your insight. I uh, just wanted to get your opinion on uh, the, the fighter pilot incident in Russia. And uh, so far, the Air Force, Russian Air Force has not been that involved. Um, but we'll see what happens going forward. But thanks for your time. May have you back on in the future. Have a good day. Take care. And that's uh, all for our Ukraine sit rep today. We'll be back next week and uh, bring you more information, which we try to get direct from in-country or bring on experts to talk about what's happening who have real world experience. Uh, so until next week, thank you.